Good morning on this June the 6th, 2023 edition of Mornings of Box 2 Radio. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that anything is possible. My God is more than able. He will take your situation, turn it around, and march you right through it for his glory and his namesake so that he may be glorified in all the earth. Amen. Well, I'm excited to be in the house with you this morning. What a day. This is truly the day that the Lord has made. This is truly the day that the Lord is moving in mighty ways. If you did not hear the broadcast yesterday, I believe that you need to go to the podcast and you need to get a hold of it and listen, especially to that last hour with Bishop Lance Johnson. What a powerful time it was together. And um, just the glory of the Lord and the presence of God was strong and thick. And um, I was just so thankful and humbled to be a part of that conversation and um, just a lot of rich wisdom, but anointing. And I'll be honest with you, after this, we just um, we prayed in here for a little while and we went over to the sanctuary. We prayed and then we was able to go eat some breakfast together and honestly continue just a conversation of the Lord. And it was a great honor and a privilege to be able to meet him in person this weekend. And I know that God's going to do tremendous things. You need to go ahead and mark your calendars. No joke, mark them September 10th, 11th, and 12th. We're having that three-night harvest conference here at Bethel Fellowship with Bishop Lance Johnson. And, I mean, we are absolutely stoked about what God's going to do in those three nights. I know God's doing tremendous things, and those starting out with three nights, but who knows where it's going to go for his namesake and his glory. So we're just excited, friend. We're very excited for the presence of the Lord and the glory of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so I can't believe it's already June, but we're here. Summer seems like it's already flying by. Seems like summer just started for the kiddos, and it's like we're already flying by. So we need uh, we need time to slow down a little bit. You make more money every day, but you can never make more time. <clears throat> Looks like it's a pretty day today, cloudy, but it's going to be about 85, then cooling down tomorrow, 71, with a chance of storms in the afternoon, but Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are going to be absolutely gorgeous, 80, 81, 83, every day sunny, beautiful, it's going to be amazing, Sunday looks like a little bit of rain possible, going down to 76, but... It's going to climb after that again and um, just looks like a beautiful week ahead for the most part in the weather department. And so just very thankful for God's beauty, God's creation, um, and the weather of uh, my choice. That 75 to 80 range is where I'll thrive at. I don't mind 85 to 88 to 90 if you're swimming. Um, my kids were able to go swimming yesterday and I... I joined them for a little bit, not long in the afternoon, but they were able to swim, and they swam all day, and they enjoyed it. And little Cloud was just sitting there jumping over and over. It's like an Energizer bunny. He just jump in, climb out, jump in, climb out, jump in, climb out, jump in. Never seen an Energizer bunny like that before, but it just it was routine, and he kept going and going. He'd jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. He just loved it. And so just thankful. I'm thankful for whenever the kiddos can have fun and the kiddos can enjoy life. And um, we should take time as the body of Christ to um, give thanks for his goodness and give thanks for his blessings that he is really good and that um, he blesses his children and he blesses his people. And together we just really see the handy, the handy hand, uh, the handiwork of God. And sometimes we overlook the blessings that seem to normal and day-to-day life activity. It's easy. 
it's easy to overlook sometimes the blessings of the Lord, but we should always learn to slow down and give God thanks for everything that he is doing in the earth. Amen? Well, you need to make sure you're ready for Friday and Saturday of this week, June 9th and 10th, Women's Conference here at Bethel Fellowship. It's going to be an amazing time for the ladies, uh, starting 6 o'clock Friday night and then 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a pre- it's going to be a great time. I think Miss Megan Fortner is coming in Thursday evening. Yes. Yes. She's yep. going to be with us Friday morning here on the radio. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, she's super excited for that. Um, she actually had a vision, she said, of her in here with us in the studio and she loved being on the radio with us so much but she said she just knows that something powerful is going to take place when she comes here and she's Hallelujah. she's having faith and expecting it so i love it i love it when uh, you know like i'm having the faith but i love it when somebody else is stepping in saying well you know what i i don't even know if she's ever been here actually i don't think she's ever been to, i don't think she's been to campus yeah i don't think she here. has either so i just love that i love it. she's like i know god's gonna move yep. <laughs> when i come so amen and so we're excited for that. Uh, we have also Representative Steve Meredith is going to be on Thursday as a guest. And we are, to, we are going to discuss some things in the DCBS office across the state of Kentucky, which is probably one of the largest governmental departments in the state of Kentucky. And he's has a lot of oversight in the committee, and he's going to give us insight what they're doing to improve that system because that system includes everything from, um, you know, well, you it would include your SNAP benefits. It would include foster care, adoption. I mean, all these things and um, adoption and foster care, something near and dear to my heart. And, of course, uh, Representative Meredith is near and dear to my heart, too. I, I've known him my whole life, and he's always uh, been a stand-up guy to me. And um, he coached me in basketball and other sports. And so I, I just always loved Representative Meredith. So it's always a joy to bring him on. Uh, today at 830, we are going to have Brother George Witten with us from Worthy News. He's going to call in and be with us, and I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, it's always awesome. rich. It's always rich talking to him. Uh, Pastor Josh Milburn is not able to be with us today, and so I know he hates not being able to be in the studio, but we're um, praying for him and all that God's doing in and through him, and so we're just believing God for everything to he it's going to work out perfectly. I know it. Amen. Amen. And so yeah, I know he wishes he was here and he's prayerful that uh, he I know his heart is to be here this morning. Let me just say it like that. And so um, we're praying for him and going to miss him today, of course. But we're thankful you're with us. We're thankful that you give us your ear every two hours, two hours every weekday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And we're thankful for God moving in people's life. I know I had so many texts and comments and calls yesterday about um about just the broadcast in general and um one of my favorite texts and uh you'll know exactly who i'm talking about when you hear this because you sent it and i had your text on my mind all day long yesterday and honestly i think it was so profound um i think it was so profound her statement and it was basically i am undone and Mm. honestly i think that's how i felt yesterday as well um just the whole day just felt undone and by the presence of the Lord and the Lord doing such strong things. And, um, I don't know. I just, I really, I really thought about that text all day long and I just really feel like, um, it's, it's, it's such a true, true statement. And I've, I've been there with the Lord a few times where you just feel like you're undone. Yeah. And so it was such a, it's such a powerful morning. What a great place to be <laughs> mm-hmm. because, 
I don't know. I just feel like brokenness is something that the church, like the modern church has kind of put on this facade of like, we have everything together, like always happy, always on the go, always, um, you know, putting your best foot forward. But there's something in just being real and being authentic and being broken, just letting the spirit break you. And I truly believe that that's some of the times that we, I mean, in God's presence, you really, you really are broken. Like God's presence breaks you. It really does. Yes. And I made a mistake. I have no idea why. Um, Cause I'm used to saying representative Josh Cowley or some, it's Senator, Senator Steve Meredith. Sorry. <laughs> um, somebody's texting me and I, I did make that mistake. I apologize. Um, but yes, it is. It's that brokenness. And honestly, um, you know, it was it was just that that same kind of brokenness and and just spiritual um, humility just coming. Like um, I don't know, it's things are bigger than us, mm-hmm. and I think when we learn that, the humility is there, but also the pride and arrogance. There's gets no way pride can stand. Yeah, because there's no way that what's getting ready to happen is happening because of anybody. It's <laughs> happening because of him. Yeah. And we just feel so stirred. Um, we know that God's moving in this area. Like, we know that God's moving. We we see his evidence way too much. And um, there's a body, there's a there's a group of people that's so hungry and thirsty. And we're going to see the harvest come in. And we're going to see um, the body grow. And um, it's, I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm, I'm humbled mm-hmm. to be a part of it. But I'm excited to to see what God's going to do in and through a group of people who is very willing to say yes and amen. Yeah. Amen. All righty. Well, we are in John chapter 11, and it's always a great time to be in John chapter 11. There's never a bad time to be in John chapter 11 because that's probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, if not my favorite chapter. Favorite books, Ephesians, favorite chapters, John 11, probably. Um, but I will say there is one chapter that's gaining on it quickly, and that's John 17, the Lord's Prayer, whenever he's praying for us. Not not the Lord's mm-hmm. Prayer, like the model prayer, but it's the, the Lord's Prayer of, you know, his. we call it the high priestly prayer. But um, let's see here. John chapter 11. I know we didn't get very far yesterday, but we got started. Um, we're in verse 6. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Um, I have pretty much preached the fire out of this verse right here because he had heard that he was sick, and then he hung out more. He did not hurry. He didn't get in a rush. Like, for us, we want everything in a rush. Like, that's that's our life beat. Like, hmm. if it's like that commercial... That uh, the catchy slogan that everybody will say, and we've all heard because they're hanging out windows and doors and talking out of cab windows. <laughs> it's my money, and I want it now. All right, and I think that we kind of have that same mentality going into a lot of other areas of life. It's mine, and I want it right now. And we kind of treat God like that. Yeah. And um, and so I, I think that Jesus set this example that He never operates on our time. He's not consumed with a 24-7 timetable. He is not freaking out just because there seems to be an urgency. Like, um, God never has to get in a hurry. And he don't operate on time. And his will, his will will be accomplished. And 
He's a right now. He's an on time. I'm sorry. He's an on time God. And I think that's part of the trust factor sometimes. It mm-hmm. just doesn't happen when we want it to. And sometimes I think it's, are we gonna really going to believe? I mean, if it doesn't happen today, it happens three days later. Are we still walking in faith? Are we still mm-hmm. walking in belief? Or does our faith wane as soon as we don't see something coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's really, it's really easy to do. It's like human nature. Um, and I, I think we're such a microwave generation that lives off high-speed internet. And fast food. Fast food. Everything. Well, I mean, everything. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember, uh, like, Blockbuster and, like, actually going in to rent movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Family video. Well, it was. What was it before family video? Oh, it was something else. Movie Palace, movie I think, Palace, at one time. Yeah. Um, we had a Blockbuster where I went to college. <laughs> we, You know, but, like, that's what we had to do. Like, if we wanted a movie, we had to go all the way to the yeah. store. I thought it was so fun. I mean, <laughs> when Redbox came along, it was just wasn't took the fun it, out of it, it wasn't the same no you um, didn't get to go shop around <laughs> yeah well i mean but it was kind of i love i did like shopping around i liked going to the old movie section too because mm-hmm. you got to watch some other stuff but you know you had to go and you had to go to the store you had to go pick out a movie there was only mo- so many movies they'd let you take home and you didn't want to rent a lot anyways because it was so pricey <laughs> and and so it's like it was a treat to go do it but it, it took time like, mm-hmm. you had to be intentional about it. You had to be intentional about going to get a movie. Nowadays, we sit in our living rooms with Netflix, PureFlix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. I don't know. You can you can have, I mean, there's a bunch more you can pick from right there. Um, you can do Up Faith and Family. I mean, like, all of these different apps that you can just go on to. Mm-hmm. Hallmark has its own app. Everything. Like, and you have these large supply of movies that you can watch at any time. And now you can binge watch whole series. You can do, like, you never have to leave your house. You can door dash food to it. You don't have to do anything. Everything has been made so it's very easy, convenient, and quick. And we have become accustomed to that in our natural life. And because that's the custom in the natural life, we want that same thing in our spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And... It just doesn't work like that. It's never. And... There's a word that we all don't like, but is profitable for everybody. And it starts with a P and it's called patience. (laughs) And it's something that Americans do not possess. We just don't like it's it's something that's not in our DNA, because if the movie doesn't load immediately, we are mad. (laughs) We're upset. And I don't know if my mom is listening this morning, but. Did you ever learn the patient song? Uh-uh. I don't know how long that song's been around, but she would sing that song to us when we were little kids. <laughs> and any time we were getting impatient about something, she would sing the patient song. And Do you it, remember I mean, it? Yes, I remember it. Like it, any time I get impatient, I literally hear it in my well, mind. I, I need to hear the patient Every song. <laughs> I've never heard the patient song. Well, I won't sing it because it's the morning and my voice is not warmed up. But it basically says. Have patience, have patience, don't be in such a hurry. Have patience, have patience, it'll only make you worry. Remember, remember that God has patience too. And think of all the times that others have to wait on you. Whoa, it's like a rebuking song. <laughs> so that song, I mean, it, it sound, it's upbeat when you sing it, but it sticks in my mind because, I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's true. 
God has patience too. So what was the next part? Think of all the times that others have to wait, wait on, on you. you. Yeah, that's good. I have to <laughs> learn that from my kids. Uh, now my wife's gonna say I'm gonna learn that for Aaron. Uh, and so, but it is like it's it's not something that Americans are accustomed to. No, because we want it really quick. You have to teach it. You really like, and that just reminded me with that song. Like, there's probably a lot of other people that don't know that song but like you just have to find ways to teach it to your kids because nobody else is going to teach them you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and with kids it's not really they're like you can't really hold them as accountable as an adult because you know like they're just doing whatever they see around them yeah so but yeah it's our whole world i mean it's our but it's our country more than anything sure um you know when when i was in africa which i was there a little while ago i know um i want to go back but it's you know the patience there was a lot different. Yeah. I mean, I I would see people that would literally walk for three or four hours to get to church. They would just wander over. Then they would like their attention spans were different. And so we could have church all day. Well, they like value, they like cherish things more. And I don't know. I I feel like some people are listening right now. I Mm -hmm. don't know. I had that thought earlier when we were talking like in other countries i don't know that for a fact it's just something i feel but um i do want to say like it it might seem if you are in a place that you don't have as much you know that it seems like oh america is so great and it is Mm -hmm. but like what is really great though Mm -hmm. like like the Holy Spirit and having a relationship with the Lord and and ha- valuing your family, valuing um, what the Lord has given you, being content with what the Lord has given you, like it tells us to do in the Word. Like those are things that honestly are a lot more profitable than having more having more um, riches, having um, a convenient life, having all of these like extra things because. Honestly, I mean, we see it over and over in Scripture. I'm not saying it's wrong to to be wealthy, but whenever you start to get so caught up in the things that we have and the things that make life easy and all that, I mean, that's why we see a lot of people, I mean, especially if you don't have a rel- relationship with Jesus, you know, we see that a lot of times a more poor family is more happy and actually has a relationship with each other more than a wealthy family who has everything at their fingertips, but they're still searching for something Mm -hmm. more because nothing can fill that void that they have inside of them because they don't have love. Mm -hmm. They don't have um, relationship. They don't have community. So it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I just, sometimes I'm thankful for America. I'm thankful for our freedom. I'm very thankful for our freedom. But sometimes just our the way that the norms are today, I, it makes me sick. Like, it just makes me mm-hmm. aggravated. It just makes me wish, like, it makes me think, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Like, why did we get to to this point, you know? Yeah, I think we, I think COVID really exaggerated, exacerbated things, too, with relationships and, and how to have it. That's one of the, I think that's one of the greatest fears for my, for the kiddos across the nation is that they really lost like two? Well, some some states lost almost three years of relationship building, of learning how to relate socially. And a lot of these kids, you know, when you're in high school or something like that, you already kind of learned it. But a lot of these kids were in developmental stages, yeah. And they lost the art of building relationships, and they lost the art of, you know, being able to look somebody and get close to them and play and 
throw dirt and eat dirt and all this kind of stuff. Stuff that's important for kids to do. Like it's just they need that social interaction. And um, I'm all for like I think um, homeschooling is great and everything. But I talk to a lot of homeschools parents, and the greatest challenge we homeschooled for a year. Never do it again. Um, <laughs> thankful for the Christian Academy, but um, we we the the thing I've heard from a lot of homeschool parents is they they have to find a way about being intentional about having groups of kids they hang out with mm-hmm. because it's just how important that social interaction is. And yeah. if it's one thing American struggles with right now, it's building relationships, building those. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think we see it. And if, if you don't have strong relationships, you don't have strong churches, you don't have strong families, you yeah. don't have anything. And, um, and so, yeah, I agree. And I think, it's just we're so quick paced on everything that we don't take time to build relationships. We don't time to uh, we don't have time to develop patience. We're too impatient about having patience. So we got to yeah. I need I need patience quicker. All right. Um, and I think there's just a lot of denial. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's a lot of taking responsibility for what we're actually doing, because I don't know why this just came up in my mind while you were saying that. But even like parenting, like I'm not a parent yet and I know it's not going to be easy. <laughs> I know. But. I just see so much, a lot of parents who just don't want to take responsibility, like don't want to admit that I can do something different. I can change um, a way that I parent. I can start incorporating this biblical principle in my parenting. It's like this control, but this like, I don't know, just this lack of uh, um, accepting responsibility, Mm -hmm. I think. And I say this because, you know, my previous job, I won't say names, I won't say people, I won't say anything, but... You know, there was like parenting classes that we had available for um, for different parents to take. And my job was to offer those and be like, hey, like we have this available. Like I and I I was supposed to, you know, recommend and be like, hey, I think this would be really profitable and would be really awesome. And I tried my best to say it in a way that was loving and, you know, not condescending. But they were just like I rarely got anybody who wanted to do it. It was always I don't need that. I don't need parenting classes. Uh, why would you ask me that? And it was like just everyone gets so offended today that they can't see, they can't accept what they really need. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that would be, I th- I think I can see it both ways because I do see what you're saying. I think there is a, de- I think the denial is a consequence of pride or apathy. Yeah. Like either it's just laziness or it's prideful. But I do then I do see a little bit on the other side, and I think once I explain this, you may see what I'm talking about, is I think a lot of people's fearful that it's another way somebody's gonna try to dictate how I raise my kids. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like because that makes sense. Because there has there's been a lot of that. And the the school systems and even the government themselves basically saying it's not your kids, the ch- it's a na- children of the nation. Um, school systems looking at you and say, You don't get to choose what your kids learn at school. Mm. I choose. And, and so, and I don't think that's what you all is doing. I think that's the fear. Mm, I think that's yeah. what a lot of parents are struggling with right now. But what it got me thinking about, you know, now I don't think that that curriculum for that parenting class, parenting class. Now I know the ones who like, you know, decided to do that. They were Christians and they had Christian values, sure. but I'm not sure about the actual, cause I didn't, I don't teach the class. So mm-hmm. I was kind of just like referring them yeah. to the class, but I do think that more parenting like church church sure. um oh, yeah. based parenting classes would be really helpful yeah well i'm not saying the parenting class was a bad thing no i know what you're saying though because it got me thinking like 
I mean, I didn't attend it, so there very well could have been yeah. some things in there that weren't biblically biblically sound. You well, there's know? such a, I think in the world today, for parents and everything, there's so many things going on. You never know what to trust and not to trust. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I mean, I think parenting classes are good. I mean, I've tried to talk on parenting while I preach and teach sometimes and um, because I think it's important for pastors to do that yeah and the only the only thing we say about a lot of pastors you know they'll just say well spare spare the rod spoil the child okay well that's an aspect of parenting (laughs) but there's a lot more there's a lot more there's a lot more Um, and I mean it's like I'm pretty I hark on all the time and I'm not ashamed of it I'm not trying to raise good kids I'm trying to raise godly kids so how do we get godly kids how do we raise them and um, and some people can hear your sermon like and take notes and really apply it to their life, you know? But then I know that there's some people that are a little more stubborn and they need you to like lay it out in front of them. Sure. Look, you need to do, you need to just stop doing this and you need to start doing this. Like some people I think do need a little more one-on-one bluntness (laughs) depending on who you are. Yeah. Um, But I think we need both. I think we need more parenting, uh, preaching in the pulpit. Um, And then I think we do need some more, you know, groups and things like that and just honesty with each other, really. Well, it's you you almost you almost need a like a a community or relationships that you allow them to speak into your life and be like, um, you know, I don't I think I know um, we got away from the patience thing quickly, (laughs) Uh, but I think parenting is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Yeah. Um, And it's. Because you're trying to raise, but you're also trying to equip. Because one of these days you're not going to be there to tell them not to do something. They're going to have to have enough unction about themselves not to do it. And yeah. if you just if you just rely on moral fortitude, well, that'll probably leave them. You got to give them more than that. Like, yeah, I have to give them Jesus. But then you got attitudes. You got development. Yeah. You got back talking. You've got crying. Uh, I mean, you got all these things, and then you're putting on on top of the rest of your life and your stresses and all these things. And it gets really hard at times. Yeah. But then you realize it's probably the most profitable, awesome thing you get to do. Mm-hmm. And it's the greatest responsibility of your life. And you don't get to hone out because it's stressful at times. Yeah. You, I mean, trust me, if the Lord honed out every time I I was made it stressful for him, it'd be a bad deal for me. <laughs> all right. Because uh, I don't make his, his parenting over me any easier. Yeah. Like I think that and I've been thinking about this too like we have to look at God's relationship with us mm-hmm. to, in order for, for us to look at our relationship with our kids. Yep. He's our Constantly. father. I mean, he's my dad and he's my father. He gives and, us clear instruction. And, like uh, He yeah. does. Yep. And um he has to fuss yeah. at me a lot, I think. Um, <laughs> it's I keep him busy. I keep him busy. Um, I feel like, though, tying it back to patience, if you can learn how to be patient with your kids, you can learn how to be patient in general. I really yep. I feel like that because I feel like your family can test you more than any. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Um, and, and now going back to John 11, we got through one verse. Excellent. Um, you know, it was. Jesus kind of just blew the the head like the top off of it because I think Mary and Martha was expecting Jesus to come. Yeah, you know, hey, Lazarus is sick, and Jesus kind of goes, "Okay, I'll be there in a few days." What, Jesus? <laughs> did you not hear me? Martha, Mary said, "Hey, Jesus is sick." She probably they probably hey, you make sure go get Jesus, go get Jesus. He's sick. Um, 
He's healed a lot of people. This will be nothing for him. And he basically just hangs out like, you know, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying he took a nap, but it's like, Oh, Lazarus sick. All right. I'm going to go back to bed. And, um, and he abode two days still in the same place where he never moved. He did not, he did not get up. He did not come immediately. And I think that speaks a whole lot about Jesus, the father, who they are, who he is, what he does, how he operates. Yeah. And I think it's very important to note this. And, and I, and I will probably hit a little bit on this today because it's been on my mind a lot is the Lord really doesn't respond to our emotions. And I think we have to be cautious to think he does. And what I mean by that is we are responding off our emotions all the time. Like we really are. We don't, we don't really pray unless we feel it. We don't really fast unless we feel it. We don't really have faith unless we feel it. But really faith, prayer, fasting, all these things, walking in holiness, seeking the face of the Lord, it's not because we feel it. And sometimes you're never going to feel it. And some days you're going to feel really dry. And the question is, do you stop praying because you don't feel it or do you keep praying? But on the vice, on the opposite side of that, like the Lord isn't necessarily moved just because we get excited or something like that. He's, he's moved by our faith. He's moved by our um, pursuit. It says the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, does that mean, does he saying the, the prayer where you cry enough or the prayer? Cause I, I heard a little boy one time come to school one time and he said, Oh, Aaron I almost got saved last night. I said, you almost got saved. What do you mean, son? He said, I almost got saved. He said, I almost cried enough to get saved. That's what he told me. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I've, we've had revival all week long. I've went to the altar every single night now. It was like three or four nights in. He said, he said, last night, they told me I almost cried enough to get saved. And I said, son, that's, that's not how it works. But they were basically telling him, God will only respond when you have enough motion. Mm. And... I love this because Jesus wasn't moved. Like, I'm sure there was an emotional stimulation here. Like, they were probably kind of in freak-out mode. They were probably like, Lord, do you know how important this is to me? Like, I'm really, uh, Lazarus is dying. And Jesus just hangs out because he don't operate on our time. He don't freak out like we freak out. And he's yeah. not moved by our freak out. That's true. Because he knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. And if this is where we're, I always go back to it and we'll read our first trivia question is that this is what Christianity runs off of, trust. Mm -hmm. You're either trusting him or you're not trusting him. And trusting is never hinging upon emotion, mm -mm. ever. Trust is trust. Whether I feel it or I don't feel it, I trust that he is who he says he is, and he's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. Yep. Amen. So, <clears throat> I don't it's know. It's like what Peter said what was it like? Where else will I go? You have the words of eternal life. Where else can we go, Lord? <laughs> like, who else am I supposed to go to? No. Um, I mean, do I like? You are the, the only way. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, and again, people sometimes think I'm against emotion. I love. I cried all day yesterday. Like, I'm not against emotion, but I cried in response to what God's doing. My crying necessarily, and I get it. Your cries. 
you know, we have like the songs, You Cries of Awoken. I love the songs. And I think there is something significant when God does sense our heart. Like Hannah, when she cried, she wept before the Lord. She called out like she was basically Eli accused her of being drunk. So there was emotion. But I think the Lord wasn't so much moved by just her tears and her exuberance. She, he was moved by her heart. Her heart. <clears throat> and I know a lot of people that's cried. A broken spirit. Yes. I mean, it said David, a broken and contrite spirit. Yes. I know a lot of people that's cried that had no heart behind it. Mm-hmm. And um, now if you snot, that's a different story. You it's because can... the Lord never looks at our outer, because technically tears are outward. But when that outward is a direct result of what's happening inside, that's what he looks at yeah. is the inside. It's, um, I mean, you can you can watch a movie or entertainment. And see somebody crying, like on the screen, and it's acting. Mm-hmm. It's just acting. They're really not crying. They're acting. It could be eye drops. It could be anything. Now they may have to like stir it up. Like I know some actors and actresses have said that they will think about horrific things in their life to get them to actually cry. But whatever they're crying about in the movie, they're really not crying about in real life. It's all an act. And unfortunately, I think sometimes that we will act in the spirit just to try to get God's hand to move. Mm. And we'll cry when our heart's not behind it. And I I never want to be an imposter. Like, I'm glad I never knew how to do that. Cause <laughs> well, I've seen people. I, I do. I can't fake cry like I've tried and I just can't do it. Yeah. My tears won't come out. I hate crying, so I don't cry. <laughs> um, like my face hurt yesterday. I cried so much because we cried at farmers. We cried at deer. We cried after, sir. We cried at, after the broadcast. Um, I mean, we just cried all day long. Then uh, we had a horrific situation that happened that we were walking through and cried about that. I mean, just cried about everything. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, I don't like to cry. So I don't fake cry. If if I cry, it's legit. Like I'm not faking anything because, um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't ever recall a time where I feel like my tears moved God. Really God moved me to tears. Mm -hmm. And so. I don't know. I mean, I know there's times that I've cried and the Lord's interceded, like met them, but I don't think it was my tears that impressed the Lord. I think it was the cry of my heart mm-hmm. and the tears were just a, and it was an, ex, it was an expression of what's going on in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not against emotions. Again, I just want to clarify that I'm not against emotions. I'm just going back to what I say a lot is emotions are a very poor master, but a really good friend. Yeah. And so, and it's not about what we are doing in the natural. It's about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Always. Trust and faith. Trust and obey. I think that's the song. All right. Uh, Tuesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What grief-stricken stricken Old Testament man shaved his head after he learned his children have been destroyed? What grief-stricken Old Testament man shaved his head after he learned his children have been destroyed? 270 257 2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Rose Reed got that answer right. It was Job who shaved his head. And so, great job, Miss Rose. Good to hear your name on the Mornings of Box 2 Radio this morning. 
Um, thankful for you listening and getting involved. Again, don't don't forget at 8.30 today, I think uh, Brother George Witten from Worthy News is going to be calling in, and we'll be able to chat with him and hear a little bit of what's going on. I know he just got back from Israel not too long ago. I don't think he's presently in Israel, but hopefully we'll be able to chat with him a little bit about that and see what the state of Israel is. And um, he's just he's got a lot of wisdom and insight into biblical prophecy and where we're at with that. And um, Thursday is Senator Steve Meredith is going to be on with us at 8:30 as our special guest. Then talking a lot about the DCBS department in the state of Kentucky, and there's a lot to be said about that. People may say, "Well, that's." That's that or something. You really need to tune in because I think it's important. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Foster care and adoption process in the state of Kentucky is vitally important because if we're going to be a state who becomes very pro-life and praise God as we should be, we also should be a state that um, is also for adoption and make adoption a lot more accessible accessible and honestly easier Um, because I'm walking through it and it is not easy and it is stressful and I can see why a lot of good parents who once adopt don't. I can just do it. I mean, it's it's a very stressful thing. And um, it just, I don't know. So I'm ready to talk to him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a lot of oversight power in this department. I just want to hear what he's saying. He's, I mean, he's let com- he's leading committees to look into all this. And um, uh, Senator Meredith is a, is a great guy, great man of God. He is, his prayer was so powerful, the National Day of Prayer. And I loved it. I think Representative Josh Calloway was there, um, Senator Steve Meredith, and then Judge Executive Lucas um, from Brett County. He was the, all three of them prayed that day, and I I absolutely loved this from the bottom of my heart. And I'm so thankful for those three men. Not one of them made a political statement. Hmm. Not one of them. It was it was just it was all Christ based. It was prayer. It was you know, focus on the Lord. I don't, I'm just very thankful. I was thankful for all three of them that not one political statement was made and all three of them prayed. And, um, I don't know. I'm just very thankful. And, um, like you couldn't, there was, I think don't, don't, I can't remember. I think there was either four or five of us pastors and leaders who prayed and then the three prayed as well. And so, and you really, there was no, sometimes when you get like this, you shift from political to pastoring, political to that. It was nothing. It yeah, was just. I mean, that's really the normal. Yeah. The norm now. Not now. Not now. Not one. here. Not now. But uh, in other places. Yeah. Oh yeah. I get. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So that's why I was so thankful. And yeah. I'm definitely gonna make Amen. sure he knows that. Um, because I that was I just I so appreciated them out of those three men. Um. Then. Well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's right. That's right. Actually, um, Senator Meredith told a story about a tornado and all this that honestly I never heard before. A testimony, and wow. so I don't know. I may I may see if he'll take two minutes and share that because it was awesome, and uh, it was I can't remember. He'll do it much better than me, so I don't want to do it justice. But then Friday, Friday night, Saturday. Women's conference Friday night six o'clock Saturday four o'clock and then Miss Meg Fortner's making her way in on Thursday night here and she's gonna be with us at the studio Friday morning so very excited for that yes um, it's gonna be good and um, I miss anything Mm-mm. I, don't I don't think, think so, so. Uh, other than there will be childcare don't forget that one that, Joe and Joey daycare <laughs> um, once it was volunteer we can't not announce it oh yeah no yep. it, it'll it'll be there it will be there. And, uh, no, but we really do appreciate all of our moms here at Bethel and other churches, and 
um, we just want everybody to be able to make it that wants to make it. Yeah, and we um, we have a all major limbs will still be <laughs> attached when you pick your kid up. That's 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 the promise. Um, well, I better be careful of the promise, Lord willing. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna really see who who trusts the Lord. That's right with their children. <laughs> Oh, man. I will be there. Um, I haven't. I've done a lot of nursery and a lot of children ministry, and I haven't lost but a couple. Um, so it's it's all good. <laughs> and so, but no, we're very excited about this event. You ladies need to come out and uh, be a part of what God's going to do. This is not a church inclusive event. This is a body of Christ event. And any ladies, bring your lady friends. Bring your girl. Bring your friends that aren't believers. Bring, bring mm-hmm. them. I don't think they'll leave the same way as they come in. So. Amen. Um, let's, let's flood the sanctuary with a bunch of women who's hungry for the presence of the Lord. And, um, I'm praying into it and believing God for great things out of this weekend. Amen. Amen. As well too, don't forget our new app. Get it. Um, I love the prayer wall events and all that kind of good stuff. So it's good stuff. Yes. And again, if anyone needs help, (laughs) Ms. Gretchen needed my help with one thing for the app. So if you need help, um, you can call us at 270-257-2689 or I'm sure they can text you, right? Anybody can ever, anybody can text me anytime you need me. 270-230-6337. Again, 270-230-6337. If you'd like to engage with the broadcast, if you need help with an app, if you need to do this or do that, or you just need prayer for something, whatever it is, I am available and just text me. And um, and this app is super easy to download. We can walk you through it really quickly. Um, it really just has like two steps. Yes. So, and once you get on the app, if you want to cut out a step of actually finding it, you can go to our Facebook page. Um, and just click the link that's on the box to Facebook, and then it'll take you right to the, you'll know that that's the right one you download. And then once you get it, um, you just type in box two network and pretty much everything yeah. shows up after that. Yes. So, and again, I know she's probably listening. She's an incredible listener and her text messages are, um, this, this one's not Miss Gail. Miss Gail's are always encouraging too. She had a good one yesterday. You need a boat? I know a guy. Uh, I love that, Miss Gail. If you're listening, I loved that joke yesterday. Uh, made me smile. I was, I was, I was actually getting out of the truck to go to breakfast or getting back from it or something like that. And I read, it. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." I love it. <laughs> actually, I know I was, I was getting, I was leaving the pool with my kids, and I got it. But there was another one who, there's another listener. She, she will send very encouraging text messages and. Always just really enjoy her text messages a lot. They mean a lot to me, and um, even if I don't always respond to every one of them, they mean a whole lot. Some of them I don't even know how to respond. They're just so humbling that you're just like, I don't even know how to respond. Thank you, <laughs> love you too. Um, and so, but the one yesterday just it just stuck with me all day long, mm-hmm. and just I am undone. And I, for me, when I hear the words "I am done," undone, it's just I'm out of the way, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I see what God's going to do and I sense what God's going to do, no man can get credit for. Yeah, That's been my prayer for a long time. I want something so incredible to happen that they can't look at it and say, he did it, or that church did it, or that person did it. I want something to look at and say, it must have been God. Yeah. And, um, you know, whenever miracles were happening and everything, the people kept coming up to Peter and kept coming up to the apostles and trying to say, you did this, and they said, we didn't do this. 
And there was no fight back after that because they were like, yeah, you probably can't do this. <laughs> like, really? I mean, it's. Yeah. And I don't I don't I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think that I think what we've delivered to the earth a lot of times is a man-made product that we can produce. Mm-hmm. But I think what God wants to do in the earth today is something that is only a God-made product that only he can produce. Mm-hmm. And so when I pray, I pray a lot as this spirit of God, do what you alone can do. Yep. I'm asking for something I can't do. Uh, yep. Go ahead. Men have been sitting on the thrones for too long everywhere. And I just, I do, I do believe that. I believe that people are about to see that it's not, it's not profitable. It, it is not worth it to trust in man anymore. We can't, we can't. men will always fail. We can never put our trust in another person. We have to put it in the Lord. And I think he's about to prove that and just show his power. Mm-hmm. Even though he shows his power every day, but people overlook it. Yeah. But he's about to show it in a way that nobody can overlook it. <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, Joey sent me a t- dad joke of the day. I'm trying to figure this one out, Joey. Why was 2019 afraid of 2020? Because they had a fight in 2021. I don't <laughs> get that one. 2021. Like W-O-N. Oh, 2021. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get it now. 2021. Okay. Thanks, Hannah. You had to, you had to explain it to me. I get <laughs> it now because 2021. Okay. I would. Okay. I got it now. I got it. A little slow to the off take on that one, but it, it's okay. I got no, it. That's like the one joke I've ever gotten. <laughs> Every other joke goes over my head. Well, I'm glad you were here for that one because yeah. I didn't get it at it that It was moment. my one time to prove that I could get a joke. <laughs> Hannah's accomplished today. She's good. <laughs> Ethan will be proud. <laughs> um, and so that's that's twenty twenty. I get it now. I get it now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> Joey never fails. I'm, I'm I mean, throats got okay. Well, up. I just said that men fail, so I can't say Joey never fails. But one thing he never fails at <laughs> is delivering the dad jokes. That's right. I get them. Um, <laughs> I liked yesterday's. I still liked yesterday's. What is a guitar player's favorite Italian food? Stromboli. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, I was uh, that text though. I am undone. Just um, he peels off the layers. There's there's that vulnerability. There's that um, just that real presence of the Lord that was so real yesterday. Like yeah. um, I don't. I mean, Hannah was here. She was. She can testify to this. Like when we got done off the air. We didn't just go to chat, chit-chatting like it was no big deal. Oh, no. We were just sitting in the presence of the Lord. Weeping. I mean, just crying. Yeah. And the Lord was doing amazing things. And then I was just, I really felt like, I was like, I think we should just go to the sanctuary and pray. Because I know yeah. we got September coming. I wanted to pray anyways. But it was kind of like, you know, I was just like, I really felt impressed. Billy said, I'm glad you said it because I was going to say it if you didn't say it. But, um, but we went over there to pray. And honestly, we ended up with several people over there. I don't even know where everybody come from. They just kept filtering in. And um and it was just such a sweet presence of the yeah, Lord. It really was. I mean it that the presence was so thick in this room the whole entire broadcast. Yeah. Like it was awesome. Whew. And that just showed like it's it's nothing specifically about Lance. Like even though we respect him, we honor him, but we're not praising him. We, we we can 
sense that he is who he's like he is has the holy spirit mm-hmm. he has that anointing carrying with him and really all of us that have a relationship with jesus that have the holy spirit to me that's like a inspiration like we should be carrying that wherever we go yeah you know we should be ch- like i think what you say is like be the thermometers right or no the thermostats the thermostat, not the thermometer not the runner the be the thermostats yeah. wherever we go well Morning's like yesterday, and it's never about a man. What it's about is when like-spirited people come together. together. It's powerful. And it's that kindred spirit that feeds off of each other, and um, and you just can't help it. Like, where two yeah. or three are gathered in his name, he is within the midst. Like, really? I think we forget that scripture. Like, I remember that when I was younger a lot, when I first got saved. It didn't matter how many people was in the room. Like, it didn't. I just needed two or three to gather them together and... You knew he was there and because we were gathered in his name. But the sad part is like, and I hate to take it to something negative before we go to the break, but it's not really negative, but it's just true. Like who are real, who are sons and daughters and who aren't, Mm -hmm. you know, because I do believe in today's time, like there's a lot of people who just said a few words and thought that they got saved, sure. but really they never did. Yeah. And that's why, you know, our prayer needs to be for souls and more souls to truly be transformed and changed yeah. by the power, you know, so that, because it, it hurts my heart. It really does that there are, because you, you will notice when someone else has a like spirit, you'll notice when someone else is like minded um, with you and, and you can feel, you can physically feel that kindred spirit, that, that power in the gathering of two or more believers, but you won't always feel that with, with people and you mm. will be able to discern who is a believer and who's not, yeah. you really will. And so my heart hurts for those who think that they are mm-hmm. and they're not the deception that's happened. Um, the great, yeah, the deception. Yeah. And I think too, there's a level of people who are born again, are our children per se, but they've been deceived into having agendas and trying to have something there. It doesn't make you an unbeliever to have an agenda. It just it hurts your ability to be you sometimes. And yeah. sometimes when you get a room like we had yesterday, you get agendas that get involved. I'm trying to have an agenda. I want to push this. I want to push that. I want to push that. And one thing that I appreciate that I've seen out of a lot of a body right now, not just who was in the room yesterday, but there's a group of people I'm seeing that really don't have that agenda no more. Like, Mm -mm. um, I'm, I am not like as a pastor, I'm going to be more, we don't really ever center around Bethel. We, we try not to, but let me just speak here as, as a leader here, as one of them. Um, I am not trying to grow this church. Like I'm not, that's not my point of pastoring Mm -hmm. here. I'm trying to help grow the people of this church mm-hmm. so that we can be more mature and be prepared when the move of God happens. But my heartbeat is for something bigger. Yeah. And it's not saying, oh, so now you're trying to be one of those that plant churches. No, no, my heartbeat is to see the harvest. My heartbeat is that we would see the church flourish. My heartbeat is for the church, not a church. And I think for so long we've been so divided that we've tried to build our own kingdoms and never build his kingdom. And so while we're building all of our little empires and all of our little houses, the kingdom of God is actually the thing that's suffering in a sense, not saying he's big enough to take care of his own kingdom. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's 
we're so preoccupied trying to build our own kingdom, we don't build the real kingdom. We're missing out on his kingdom. Because regardless, he's going to build his kingdom wherever there's available laborers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if we're too busy building our own kingdoms, then it's just going to pass us right by and we're going to be off in our kingdoms and then other the ones who are answering him are going to be living in his kingdom. And that's something I loved that Lance said when down at Madrid is like, jump on the train like because it will pass you by like yeah, this well. train will pass you by like it it is up to you to get on it yeah i didn't hear him say that <laughs> that's good though i like that i was probably on daddy duty outside the front door at that Jump point. on the train um, because well actually it's so funny you said that like honestly it's funny that you said that because yesterday <laughs> i was mowing yesterday afternoon in the evening back at the ranch and this is what I felt like the Lord said to me. And it's like, it's confirmation. Like, it's confirm because I really didn't hear him saying that. Because wow. a lot of the sermon I missed Sunday night. Because oh, I was yeah. I was outside with Ivy. Because I didn't want her to cause everybody else to miss the sermon. So I took her out and hung out with her outside. And she watched the cars. And, um, but yesterday mowing, I really felt like the Lord said to me that there's a lot of people that we've kind of been paid, like, that has callings, that have these anointings, that have these purposes. But they have become so wishy-washy. They have in and out. And I really felt like the Lord said his day of patience is about to end. And he will pass them by. Like, I'm not saying the gifting and calling is going away or anything. But I'm saying that his spirit does not always strive with men. Mm. And then if you're not going to step up and do what God's called you to do, the time is getting short and he'll use somebody else. Like, that's really what I felt like the Lord said last night. Is that his patience and his long-suffering has been good. It's been true. And it's been real. But his spirit will not always strive with men. And I feel like he's in this season. If the thing God's calling, I think some people think that I'll just answer it when I'm ready because it's always going to be there. I'm telling you, I really did feel on the mower yesterday, mowing, that if you have a calling, if you have a purpose, if you know God's called you and anointed you for something, that the season of washy-washy, the season of half in, half out, the season of I'll do it later is about to end. And I, I don't know. I don't know any other way to say it. I believe if you don't answer the call now, I believe the Lord just raised somebody else up. And he's, I mean, I don't think his spirit's always going to strive with you. Mm. I don't think that means that you're not called. He never called you or anything like that. Or you're, but I do think that, I guess as Lance just said, the train will pass you by. Like if, if you're not going to do what he's calling you to do, I really do believe he'll raise up somebody else to do it who will answer the call. And I don't want anybody Aaron, give me scripture. I don't know if I have an exact thing, but I do know that if we don't do, if we don't praise him, the rocks will. So if he can make a rock cry out in your place because you won't open your mouth, he can probably raise up a donkey to speak on your behalf when you won't. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, I think the season of like saying yes and amen is here. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this whole wishy-washy stuff is, is, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect by no means. But it's like, I've, I have known people for, like, I can think of people off the top of my head right now that I'm not trying to pinpoint, I'm not saying names or anything like that, but it's like, you never know if they're even going to be serving the Lord next week. Mm. You know, it's like, one week they're just, oh, uh, we're going to tackle hell with a squirt gun, and the next week, you think the Bible's really real? Like, I mean, these are things that I've actually heard. Like, you know, one week they're ready to take on hell with a squirt gun, and the next week, they don't even know if Scripture's true. And I'm like, you got to choose you this day which one you're going to serve. Yeah. And I think what happens in those moments is we're going to backtrack a little bit for a second. And I, I, 
oh, I hate breaks. All right, is that we go back to the emotional thing. They don't feel it, therefore they don't believe it. And I was starting to think about the Jewish people. They didn't pray off emotions. They prayed because they were, they were called to pray. Mm-hmm. So they just prayed. Yeah. And Todd Smith says one thing um, I loved. I was listening to something he was doing some the other day, and he said, you know, sometimes prayer is really boring. Really, sometimes prayer is laborious. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's long. Sometimes it's tedious. But that doesn't mean it's not profitable. And mm-hmm. it does not mean it's not working. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I don't know. But that was confirmation for me because at, last night when I heard it, I was like, really? Like, are you sure? I hope I heard it right. And I wasn't going to say nothing until you <laughs> said the train thing. And so. Well, glad I, glad I remembered it. Um, all right. We got to take a break here. It's a legal ID. I can't miss this one. Um, let me get the second trivia question pulled up, look, sponsored by Higdon Surveying. What two women ran from Jesus' empty tomb to tell the disciples what had happened? What two women ran from Jesus' tomb to tell the disciples <laughs> what had happened? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. Who's got the answer right on that trivia question? Trivia question number two for this morning that was sponsored by Higdon Survey. And what two women ran from Jesus' empty tomb to tell the disciples what had happened? Mary and Mary Magdalene. Uh, Magdalene. Matthew 28, 1 through 8. I think there used to be a music group. And I don't know I don't know if it's a good music group or not. I can't remember. I think they were called Mary Mary. But I'm not 100% sure. But it was Mary Mary. They came. They conquered. They won. All right. No, I'm just kidding. They went and told everybody about them. Uh, Josh Newton called me in the break, too. That's who I was talking to right before during the break. And he said there is scripture. And he's right. There is scripture. Um, because we was talking about if God's called you to do something and you're just not willing to step into it and you're not willing to do what God's called you to do, that he will take it and he'll raise somebody up with. And I didn't even think of the scripture, but he's, I mean, he's, I think there's a lot of proof to, I think there's a lot of truth to it. He's talking about the three people with the talents. One was given one, one was given two. I think one's given five. The, the two and the five, I think they, I think they were the ones that doubled it and the one hit his in the field and he was scared to use it. And the Lord actually took, Let's see. I may be. Let's see. Was it the five and the two that doubled? I can't remember. Man, I wish I remember. I don't have all the time, man. But, but two of them doubled. One of them didn't because he was scared. And they took. Actually, the master took the one. He took it from that other one, gave it to the other one. I mm-hmm. think it was the one that didn't double it. Um, yeah. But he actually took it away and he gave it to somebody because he said he basically said he who's faithful over little will be given much. Yeah. But the one that didn't do anything with it was thrown into the thrown into the um the whipping the weeping and the gnashing of teeth and stuff so it was not a good finish for that guy Mm-mm. but i think there is this level of you know if god's giving you talents giving you tasks giving you things to do and you just refuse to do it or you don't want to do it or you're just in and out or you're too scared to do it he'll take it and give it to somebody else and he'll call and raise up somebody else for that i'm not trying to manipulate you into doing god's will I'm just trying to say that I think the season of wishy-washiness, the season of, oh, it's okay, don't do what I've asked you to do, like disobedience is okay. Um, to one he gave five, to another two, to another one. Who did he double? Who doubled it? Was it the five and the two? And then, okay, I'll, I'll find it in a second. All right. <laughs> it's difficult to talk and read at the same time, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> you get used to it, don't worry. Um, but it's, you know, it's God's calling us to things. And if we don't do what God's calling us to do, that's disobedience. And disobedience is a sin. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. 
And obedience to his word and obedience to his ways is a great thing. It's never not it's never a bad thing. It's not legalistic or it's not religious to be obedient. It is actually being a very good son and a very good daughter to be obedient to the father's will. Yep. So the five doubled it, the two doubled it, and the one got his taken away. Yeah. Because he hit it. And so and I think if I'm not mistaken, it was given to the one with the five that doubled. I think um, so. The guy doubled at the ten, and then got a one more at eleven. Uh, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Yep. yep. And so, for ever to everyone who has will more be given, and will have an abundance. Yep. Um, and so he'll he'll give it to people who's going to use it. And so, I think um, uh, brother Lance was right. And train. Ca- and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whew. I'm not signing up for that. Um, but Lance is right. The train's coming by. And <coughs> I think we want the train to stop until we're ready to get on board. And it's just, it, the kingdom doesn't work like that, friend. Like, it just doesn't. And Well, if you just think about a train, just an actual train, like, I don't know of any train that does that. <laughs> like, those trains keep on going. Like, they don't stay put for very long. Yeah. Even a, I mean, even a subway train stops and goes, stops and goes, stops and goes, but it's designated on its stops. But like a real train, it, it don't stop quick. No. And it, it's not really like, you know, we, we've, we've got to get over this thing of um, like, we want, we, we want everything we want right now, but everything the father wants us to do. We want him to hold off until we're ready to get taken care of. Now, we get mad at God, like we talked about earlier, if he don't do it on our time. And then we expect God to be patient with us when we don't do it on his time. And expect, and it's just this, it's this unhealthy, unrealistic dichotomy of our serving and our being with him. Yeah. God, you you do this when I tell you to do this. Now, if you tell me to do something, I'll, ta- I'll take care of it when I feel like it. And again, emotions are a very poor master, but a good friend. And but our Christian walk is not based upon what you feel. Yeah, I think I just think that's so important to reiterate to people. Yeah. Um, because I was thinking about this, and tell me if you tell you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen this. Like, people would say, "Well, I just didn't feel like praying today. I didn't feel like going to the altar, so I didn't." Or I didn't feel like I didn't feel like joining my neighbor and praying, so I didn't do it. Like, it's not about your feeling. We're yeah. called to pray. We're called to fast. We're called to do these things. Regardless. Um, yeah. For me, it's always been fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like throughout my life is like, I'm af- too afraid to do that. I'm too afraid to do that. But I've also seen me being afraid to do something and then somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. God used somebody else to do it. Yeah. And that's the worst feeling. Like you don't. <clears throat> you don't want to, to see God literally raise someone else up to do what he told you yeah. to do. Well. I will. Can, I, can we speak on that a little bit more? Uh-huh. I think one of the things that releases people from fear is having people around them they can trust. Yeah. So um, I do think there's an honor and a proper way to do things. So let me just say this real fast, and then we're gonna get we're gonna tie all this together before George Whitman at eight thirty. If if Hannah has a prophetic word for somebody, and you know, the proper way to do that is not always just go interrupt everything or just straight up to him and just say it like um, Jacob, Jacob will have a word for the church and Jacob never just takes the mic. He don't even ask for the mic. He says, Aaron, this is what I'm feeling. And he kind of lets me discern. Well, 
should Jacob do this or is this something that I can do in the past? Like, you know, what what needs to take place from here? Because there's a system and honor. So even Jacob, who's probably my best friend, he honors the leading of the house enough not just to undermine it. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a there's a proper way to do things. There's a proper mm-hmm. way to do things. Uh, like if I had a, I don't know if I had a word for Lance yesterday, I wouldn't just go up to him and say it. Probably I would be an honor and respect. And and um, now there may come a point where you know like I really feel like God just lays this on my heart. What do you think about this or well, something like that? But now that's part A. I just want to unpack that for a minute. There's a proper way to prophesy. There's a proper way to operate in what God's given you. But the fear comes. We're afraid we're going to mess up something or we're going to do something wrong. I think fear is released when we have actual, well, you can even go spiritual father, spiritual leaders who will give you comfort and affirmation. So if you are to say, uh, go up to Jamie and say, hey, I feel like God's really saying this. Well, she could say, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's right or not. But if she said, yeah, let's do it, well, that gives you encouragement. That's mm-hmm. that's that provoking. Yeah. I think that's the importance of community relationships. And then even more, like if um, you came up to me during service and said, hey, I feel like God's really saying this. Yeah, he's saying it. Go for it. Like you have no fear at that point. Yeah. I think the fear comes because of <laughs> uncertainty. <clears throat> and um, fear also comes because we don't have spiritual fathers in the body affirming and preparing and releasing people into the earth. Yeah. Um I will say that. Yeah, that's that's definitely true because any anything that I ever felt like the Lord was leading me towards, I didn't even really know. I had never really seen other people doing it at, mm-hmm. at a certain point in my life. There was a certain point in my life when I was, you know, in a certain group of people um and I just didn't see it as much, so I didn't really have anything to look to but then also didn't have that you know so i feel like once god puts you in the place that you need to be Mm -hmm. and then you do have that uh, that community that can affirm you that can kind of guide you through it um it definitely does help it's guiding but i don't even want like i I, i'm not trying to do what i brought up yesterday like with the 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 collar and the leash saying you can go this far you can run this far no i think even more than guiding, I think it's affirmation. Yeah. I think it's encouragement. I mean, there is teaching involved. Like, Paul had to come back and fix the church of Corinth because <laughs> it wasn't that they were, like, not doing anything. It's that they were actually doing too much. Yeah. And it was chaos. And Paul yeah, had to come back. Yeah, guiding probably isn't because the Holy Spirit's guiding. No, but... I think there is a guiding to it. I just don't want to stop there. Yeah. Um, because I think it's affirmation. Like, mm-hmm. I need to – my job as a pastor to people that I'm leading – is to give them the tools to accomplish everything that God's called them to do. Mm-hmm. Not trying to replicate me. And I don't want to guide them. I don't want to dictate them. Greg says discipleship. It is discipleship. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's leading. It's pastoring. And I don't I don't think we do it well always. And I think our discipleship is get them into a book and everybody replicate each other. But my job as discipling is I need to see, you know, Hannah, where are you called? What are you called to do? What's your heartbeat? Where do you want to go? And then do everything by the grace of God to get you there and to give you the tools to to thrive. I think that's what leadership is. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. And I think just as we failed as natural fathers to do this, we're failing as spiritual fathers and pastors and leaders to do the same thing to the people that we're leading. Yeah. 
So. And sometimes Jacob Swift actually reminded me of this the other day. But sometimes, you know, people who didn't have their natural father to do it need more of a need more um spiritual accountability and like um father, like spiritual fathers around them. Mm-hmm. Or pastor, you know, pastoral help and stuff like that. I'm sure you could attest to that cuz I mean it definitely would probably have helped you more along your younger years and stuff like that. Oh, sure. <laughs> without a doubt. Um, without, I, you just have to figure out everything. I won't even get into my earlier years. Um, if I had a spiritual, like if I had a real spiritual father when I was young, there have been a lot of dumb decisions that were never made. Uh, <laughs> trust me. Um, and, and again, I don't want to make spiritual fathering about dictating. Like Mm-mm. some of this stuff has got plum ridiculous. Um, like, well, you know, it's like I've heard people talk about, well, they, yeah, they go wash my car because they're my spiritual sons. All right. Well, I don't, if being a spiritual father means that you wash my car, great, but I don't know what I'm producing in you at that point. Um, <laughs> that sounds more like a natural son to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, it does get ridiculous. And like, you don't need your spiritual father to come and buy a car with you or give you permission or, tell you what to eat that night. Like spiritual fathers are there to give you tools to yeah. thrive. Um, I feel like I hear the Lord saying that a spiritual father is not to replace your heavenly father. A hundred percent. Never. It's I, not a replacement. It's an addition in your, in your community. It's, hun- it, yeah. it's adding to. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. Not uh, a replacement. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, he's, he or they, she like, cause Titus talks about older women and younger women. And then young, older men, younger men, like this is disciples. This is what it is. We can, you can call it whatever you want. The necessity is there that there's somebody in your life helping you grow, helping you grow. The Holy, we all, Holy Spirit, Jesus, everything's about Jesus. Everything about like, yes, he's the one that gives us strength. Like um, the men of God that's helped me the most, it wasn't just them. It was the spirit of God using them, Mm -hmm. but I needed them in my life. I needed that counsel of many, like Proverbs talking about, talking about, I need, I need, and everybody as a believer needs people around them that will call them down when they're out of, out of, like out of yeah. um, God's will. And as humans, we can easily do that if all we have to do is distract it. All we have to do is be upset. All we have to do is have a left curveball, and it's easy to start walking and straying from God's will. But if we have people in our life that we have um, relationship with, and we've given, we have given permission to speak into our life. Um, you know, there's there's men of God in my life right now that if they see me getting off, they have permission to speak. Now, not permission to attack, not permission to tear down, permission to edify and the permission to say, hey, brother. See, to me, I think a lot of people's treated spiritual fathering as when somebody's off, they take the whip and bring them back in. To me, a spiritual father is if I'm starting to stray off the sidewalk, he comes and wraps his arm around me and just directs me back. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That's just yeah. kind of what I get. That's my mental picture when I see it. Yep. Um, because I think discipleship, spiritual fathering, um, older women, younger women, older men, younger men. I think these are types of edification, building the body. Mm-hmm. You know, my my job as a pastor, my job as a leader is never to be somebody's God. It's never to point them to me. It's always to point them to Christ and yeah. give them the tools to walk with him the best I possibly can. Amen. So, well, that's a sermon right there. We just preached. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, I was getting... Did I say Rachel Arms got the answer right? 
I got mm-hmm. that right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. There was still a blue bubble on that, so I wanted to make sure I got it. Um, make sure all my texts are caught up. I'm excited for George Witten here in a few minutes. Um, excited for that. I know it's going to be a great one. And um, I don't know. Just uh, a lot of things we talked about today. I've they was really on my heart yesterday. Just really meditating, and I like mowing um, because it it could just kind of I put my headphones in and just listen or pray or listen to worship music and. If you ever see me mowing here in the ranch, um, now Matthew's really, he he mows a lot up by the church. I mow back at the ranch a lot. Um, and if you ever see me with both hands raised up, there's probably not a bee or anything chasing me. I'm probably just worshiping on the mower. Um, and that might happen. And so um, I don't know. I just enjoy it. But I, I really did feel a lot of the, what we just talked about was a lot of things that the Lord really laid on my heart. And, yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. And especially like, I don't know. Um, I was listening to one thing from Pastor Todd. It was the same thing I actually, same same thing I was mentioning earlier. And um, he called the church to prayer. He called, he, it was North Georgia Revival. He called everybody up to the altar. He said, I want everybody to the altar. And when he said it, like, I could sense that religiosity that says, oh, you just called everybody to the altar. You should never call anybody to the altar. They should only come if they feel like it. But I think that's what the system has produced, that we only come pray if we feel like it. Like, no, like, honestly, if you only prayed when you feel like it, you probably only pray when something bad's happening. I mean, prayer is never based upon me feeling like it. Prayer is based on this is where I'm at. This is where we need to get. God, help me get there. I'm going to pray it into it. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to, or prayer sometimes is just adoration. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't worship God based upon our worth. We worship based upon his. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of times the Holy Spirit has drawn me to go pray or go pray with somebody, and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. The reason I don't want to is a lot of times because I'm like, I don't know if they want me to. <laughs> so I don't want to go pray for somebody that I don't even know if they want me to pray with them. But you just have to be obedient because I I can't, like literally any time I've been obedient, I've never regretted it. Mm-hmm. I've never had a regret. I've never said, I've never went and prayed with somebody or just went and prayed in general and then been mad afterwards. Yeah. Never. Not one time. Yeah. I might have been like scared or aggravated or something before, but I mean, after the prayer meeting, we walked in on Saturday. It was so funny. It, not funny. I, I don't want to wish aggravation upon you, but it was kind of comical to hear like how you felt coming into prayer because I felt the same way coming into prayer. I mean, on Saturday. I couldn't even like smile. Like that's not me. Like I I was so frustrated in that time right before prayer. I couldn't even smile. Jamie was trying to like hug me and be like be all joyful. I couldn't even like be joyful with her. But then after we're in prayer, I mean, you can't leave a time of intercession and not be joyful yeah. or not be like change in the presence of the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was completely different yeah. after. And well, I mean, even um even the time of prayer Saturday night, like, you know, we prayed over each person individually. We usually don't do that. Like, that's not usually how we do it, but we felt the necessity. And um, the Lord really did speak a lot of mysteries and speak a lot of revelation, I think, and, and gave some people some, some joy and, and some other things. And, and it's just the Lord did it. Like, the Lord's good. And honestly, walking into there, I could sense that probably nobody was feeling it. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was just this, there was a weightiness to it because yeah. the enemy hates it. The enemy don't want you going to prayer. The enemy, and I don't think anybody really walked into that sanctuary going, 
Well, maybe Joe, but Joe's always so positive. <laughs> I know, Joe's so... Joe's great. Daddy. And I felt so bad, too, because first thing I walked in and Joe was like, how are you doing? And I was like, I can't be, I can't like lie and say that I'm doing good yeah. if I'm not. So I don't know what to You're say. You're too transparent. Yes, I'm too. so, I'm too transparent. When somebody asked me that, I'm like, uh, what do I say? Cause I can't say good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know what I said. So I'm sorry, Joe, if I was rude, I'm really sorry if so you're listening. Joe come in ready for prayer. <laughs> uh, but you know, but it's like, there was like this heaviness and I, and I think that's a good example. Like nobody felt it. And I think we just go off of that feeling so much that we forget God's the same whether I feel or don't feel it. Yeah. He doesn't change. He never changes. Mm-hmm. And and some of the times, like, there's sometimes I go into, go into preaching, I'm thinking, oh, oh, I'm ready to go. And then it's like, well, that wasn't that, that wasn't that great. <laughs> like, doesn't even, like, whoa. And then there's sometimes, like, I don't even, I don't even know if I want to be here today. Like, I'm being honest with you. Like, I don't even know, like. There's been times I've gone to the pulpit and I'm talking to God. Like now I'm talking to God. Like I don't I don't hide it. And I'll go to the pulpit or I'll be in a church or something like that. And I'll be like, Lord, I'm angry today. I don't know what it is. Like, I really need you to do this because I'm mad. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I've been there. Like, I prayed yeah. that prayer. I prayed that prayer walking into a pulpit. Like, Lord, I'm frustrated. Like, I'm stressed right now. And it's not even to do with the sermon. Like, I'm just Lord, you got to do something in my heart right here. And I think that's the transparent thing. Yeah. But I don't get to just sit down and not do what God's called me to do because I don't feel it. Yeah. And I think sometimes we do that. Like, well, I don't feel like God serving God today. I don't feel like answering the call. Stop. Stop. Yeah. It don't matter. It's not contingent upon your feelings. And even I've caught myself like, you know, Saturday nights, they look different every time. And I've caught myself thinking like, well, is it still... Are we still doing, you know, what God wants us to do? Or, you know, like asking questions like it. And I know, you know, we've talked about like, is it still working? Like, but I just felt like I can't like, I can't not come to Saturday prayer. Like Mm -hmm. I literally just can't. (laughs) I just can't. I can't miss it. Like There's my spirit just will not let me miss it, whether I want to miss it or whether I don't. Well, I mean, I missed one. I've missed one, and that I think was, I have maybe missed. Well, I don't know about I, maybe one. You all missed one from Coffee with Jesus, because um, y'all didn't turn up to prom till like ten thirty. <laughs> um, but I missed one, but I did. I was with the body, so I was with like three other families in the body, and yeah. I felt it was. I don't. I really enjoyed it that night, but and I mean, we might, but like I'm sure you you still like in your spirit. Yeah. you were mm-hmm. still there. All right. Well, we're gonna take a break here. We'll be right back here after the break with Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. All right, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. What a day the Lord has made. Uh, we have Brother George Witten on our on the phone with us from Worthy News. Um, here we go. Something going on here. And so we, we did have it. Um, and so we're working on it. There was a signal. I thought we were I heard him talking, so I don't know what happened. And so it's good. It's all right. Um, we'll... It'll happen. And, the Lord will uh, work it out. <laughs> the Lord will work it out. I know he will. And so um, we always appreciate Brother George. And Worthy News, if you don't have the app and you don't have it, um, uh, you can pick that up on, I think you can go on the App Store. You can go Worthy. Uh, I don't know if it's Worthy News or Worthy.net, but it's it's good stuff. Um, worthy.com. Well, that's not that's sell diamonds. Uh <laughs> I don't think we're selling diamonds. Uh, it's worthynews.com. Um, and so, 
The astronomers does say that. And I don't know if y'all can hear that out there, but we heard in our ear, some astronomers say there's a Milky Way. I love Milky Ways. Like, um, I had a good Snickers yesterday. Um, we were at the pool, and I had a Snickers, and I don't know what it is, but Snickers are usually, like, frozen or cold at the pool. Mm-hmm. And a cold Snickers is pretty good. It is. But like also, it. have you ever had a deep-fried Snickers? No. It's good. I mean, you have me at deep-fried. Pretty much any... Outside, unless it's a green food, uh, anything deep fried, I'll probably try. They usually have it at the fair. They will have deep fried Oreos, deep fried Snickers. They're really good. And so, are we on? Do we have George yet? Um, and so here we go. All righty. Well, we're trying to work on that still. Um, and so I love I love deep fried deep fried Twinkie. You ever had deep fried Twinkie? Yeah. Yep. That's good. I've had almost all the deep fried. Now, I, I will admit this. Um, I don't like deep fried Oreos. Yeah, I would say out of all of them, deep fried Oreos are probably the least. But deep fried Snickers, you need to try I'll try that. <laughs> um, deep fried. I wonder what a deep fried apple would taste like. Probably good. I don't know. I'll try it. Um, caramel apples are good. How do we get here? Milky Way. Astronomers say something about Milky Way. <laughs> and Milky Way's just, it just goes for it. Yeah. Uh I don't know. It's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of foods that would go deep fried. Um, I feel like they deep fry everything these days. I don't know. Deep I fried say, turkey? No, you know what I really like? The crunchies. Oh, yeah. Like, like it, um, Captain D's? Captain D's, Long John Silver's, yep. anything like fish place like that. I always get to order crunchies. Do you get to order crunchies? I haven't ever ordered it because I didn't know it was free. You know it's oh, free? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I didn't know it was free. I'd pay, I'd pay a quarter for it. I don't care, but... <laughs> Um. Oh my goodness! No, yeah. it's it's great. I didn't honestly know you could do that. I would just eat it like if I had them extra in my meal. Yeah. No, you just yeah. order it. Just tell me you want crunchy for it. Now, if you order, if you go up and order a drink, no meal, just a drink, they'll make you pay for the crunchies usually. Huh. But if you order food, they always give you the crunchies for free. Hmm. That's what I found. Wow. I don't know if that's protocol, but that's what I found. And yeah. um, but it's apparently I, love- I didn't. Well, I don't know if I should say this on the air, actually, because I, I don't want to be responsible for people going to this restaurant and doing this. So. Uh, <laughs> we can hold that. All yeah, right. we'll, we'll hold it. We'll talk about it on the break, and um, if I can say it, I will. Now, <laughs> one thing that I love, and I, uh, I was at one restaurant, and I ordered a Bloomin' Onion, and I said, can I have the Bloomin' without the Onion? Because I just like the skin. I've said that quite a bit. And, the Bloomin' uh, without the Onion. I just want the Bloomin' without the Onion. Uh, but they'll... Those tobacco sticks things, that sounds bad, but uh, those fried <laughs> tobacco. Little, like shoestring onion things. Yeah, you remember those? Yeah. Oh, they yep. were so good. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Those. We might need to go on another double date soon. <laughs> and so, yep. Hey, so we still we still got them? No? Still trying? Okay. Um, is his reception kind of? I don't know what happened. I heard him talking on the phone when I walked in there. Is he? Is he it's probably Roger's fault. In Israel right now? I don't know about so that. No. I think he's back from Israel. And so I think he was only over there for like a week and a half, two okay. weeks. But um we'll 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 keep working. We'll yeah. keep working. Um but yeah, we we've had a conversation today. I I've loved our conversation about um uh, again, I'm never against like feelings and emotions. I think I again, good friend, poor master. But I don't want my Christian walk to be based off of it. And and I'll even go as far as this like a lot of people, um, I think it's almost even a tactic of the enemy. Like you walk, to the ch- you come into church, and there's something. There's like this 
um, thing about church is that a lot of times you may never fight with your family except when you're going to church kind of deal. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just something about it. And the enemy then, you'll get into the sanctuary and you're like, the songs hits and you're like, oh, I can't worship. I just know what I did in the car. Like, what are you doing at that point? You're making your worship based upon your worth. I'll worship God if I feel like it. Yeah. But worship just worship. We worship him for who he is. Yeah. And, um, and then we get changed by his presence in the process. That's right. And so... Um, and I think that's always important to have in the back of our head is I'm not walking into that sanctuary. I'm not going to go in there and say, all right, when I feel like it, I'll raise my hand. Like I just raise them like people. And there's nowhere in the scripture where it says you worship and raise your hands when you have the emotional stimulation to do that. I don't, I don't need to feel, I don't need goosebumps to raise my hands. The reason I raise my hands is I surrender. I worship you. You're awesome. Yeah. You're mighty. I surrender my heart. <laughs> I surrender my mind. I re- I surrender my failures. I surrender everything to you at this moment. You are worthy, and I lay myself down. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have to feel that to do it. I think that's, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hope that makes sense. I hope it's no, making I mean, sense it's out to people. It's the same with worship, you know, leading worship, too. Like, it's the same thing. There's times when you're leading worship and you really don't feel anything or the only thing you feel is all the pushback and the the warfare and all of that and you don't feel good all the time. It doesn't all you're not always feeling good and sometimes you don't feel joyful, but you just have to keep pressing in and and let your heart still be turned towards the Lord and worship him because he's worth it. He's worth he's worthy to be praised even when we're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Even when we're having a bad morning, even when we're we're not feeling good, even when we're sick. I mean, poor Heather, like she was leading worship literally the morning that things were going, crazy things were happening in her body, crazy things. And thank God that, you know, he stopped that. He made the blood clot. Um, he He was taking care of her, but still I know that she was in a lot of pain that morning. That mm-hmm. she was leading worship and she pushed through it, and I really respect her a lot for that because it is it's hard to to make that first step and and get up and push forward when you're in physical pain like that. But if we can do it when we're in physical pain, then we can press forward when we're having a bad day. So yeah, um, <laughs> this that I'm not gonna lie, we we hardly ever have problems with anybody else. It's um. I don't think the enemy ever likes us talking to George. Um, every time we have, because he's calling us going to voicemail, we're calling him going to voicemail. This is what happens when you have live radio. All yeah. right, you don't get delays, you don't get anything like this. You may have to deal with all this while on the air. Um, but we're um, Roger's even in there now, and Roger can't fill it out. Um, the enemy is on um, going on a field day with you guys. He does it. It's just with George. Like he don't <laughs> like this relationship that we have with Brother Witten, and so um, we'll we'll see. We'll keep trying, and so well, series now going off on my watch, and so. <laughs> You know, uh, we just we rebuke any attack of the enemy that's happening right now, or um, any of this weird stuff. It never happens to you, anybody else. You but would George. think that today's that weirdo day or whatever. <laughs> Nas- well, that's that's September tenth, National Wonderful Weirdos. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, like I think it's I don't know. I, I just wish that I could tell people like just kind of like I guess I do have the opportunity to tell people, but it's like 
I just want to always remind people, like, it's it's okay to lift your hands in worship when you don't feel it. It's yeah. okay to pray it when you pray when you don't feel like you're supposed to pray. Like, yeah. this is faith. Like, faith comes when you don't feel it. Faith comes when you don't see it. The faith comes when you don't, when none of your natural senses are actually half working. Yeah. That's faith. Mm-hmm. That's faith. And so. Yeah. Amen. Um, I don't know. Hannah, sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Um, it happens every time with George. And it's not George's fault. I don't even think it's our fault. Like, it's the enemy just hates it. Yeah. And um, well, he he always talks about. Can you try? Can you try again? Israel, um, right? Yeah. We're not giving up. We'll keep trying. Just like God's not giving up on Israel. Let's go. Yeah. We'll keep. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll call until nine o'clock if we have to. Even yep. if we get to say hi, we're going to win somehow. <laughs> you know why? Because I read the end of the book and we win. Um, <laughs> we're fighting from victory. Who's, who came up, or not came up with that, but who kind of spoke that? We're fighting from victory, no not idea. for victory. I've heard it for a long time. I don't know who actually originated with it. Well, I heard someone in our circle yeah. speak it. I don't know who. I think it was someone on the radio. I've maybe. heard it for a long time. I don't um, know, but it was, I keep saying it. Like, I keep sharing that because it's so good. Yep. It's so good. I don't know. I've heard it for a long time, um, and I think it's true. I think it's a very good statement. It's so good. And um, I don't know. Like, I know that. It honestly sounds something like uh, Miles Moreau or somebody would say. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard him. I don't know if you've ever heard Miles Moreau or not, Mm-mm. but um, he did a lot of kingdom, kind of kingdom teaching, um, and he 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 did some good stuff. Some of the stuff I, you know, I'm not gonna say I endorse everything he teaches, but some of it's some of it I really enjoyed, especially kingdom protocol. And um, of course, he he grew up in the Bahamas, which Bahamas are completely different than per se how we operate because mm-hmm. they're under the the queen um or king now is it i forget that king now um and so it's a different monarchy like it's it's different systems and so he was able to speak a little bit more on the kingdom side of it than we were yeah um because we're not accustomed to that we don't we we know democracy and republic we don't know kingdom yeah um and so to know god's kingdom that's right (laughs) and i mean that's where we have to repent and like our sh- our thinking has to shift. Yeah, is that we're not accustomed to monarchies. We're not accustomed to kingdom type thinking. We're accustomed to, oh, we're democracy. And I'm not saying democracy is bad, but I'm just saying like we're not accustomed to it. Mm. And so we're having to learn how that operates. And it is different. Like you're the way the kingdom of God operates. It's you know it's we're so used to having a vote and a say in everything that we think we can take that into the kingdom of God. And um, I'm not voting no. on nothing. <laughs> you know. It's, you know, you can vote on all, anything you want. And honestly, you know, I'm, I'm still catching slack about our whole conversation about membership. I'm not going back there. Don't worry. All right. Uh, <laughs> but one thing I, one thing I don't, I, I really don't like this. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think that like we should vote on every single thing. Like, I think it produces something and I'm not saying there should be a dictatorship either. Like, okay. I'm not saying either. Um, I don't think either one of them is completely healthy. But if you, I think this whole voting thing's how many, so many churches split over and, and it's like, what color carpet? All right. So we're going to vote. Who wants red? Me. Who wants blue? Me. Who wants pink? Me. And before long, now the pink, the people that pink, well, they saw who else wanted pink. So let's go down and start a church with pink carpet. We're going to start with that one with blue because you all voted blue. We want to vote red. So we're going to go to the vote red church. And then that's going to be the purple church over there. 
Why? Because we've created this dichotomy because we we don't understand kingdom. We don't understand the cult, the culture of the kingdom. We don't understand how God called the church to operate on. And at the end of the day, it's all God. It's his yeah. word. He's the head. I'm not the head. Like, I am not the head of Bethel Fellowship. Jesus is the head. Yes. Amen. He's the head. And Amen. I don't, my vote don't count. It's his. What What does he want? Now, do we get together, pray it out, and can that confirmation of what the Lord wants come about? Yes and amen. Yeah. We should we should be confirming um, in our hearts that, yes, this is what the Lord's saying. But you know, I don't, to have a church come in and vote a pastor in, and you can easily vote them out. Like, no wonder pastors won't say anything. Yeah. There's no truth. There's no push. There's no drive. There's no correction. There's no anything. It's because if I do anything that people don't like, they'll just vote me out. Mm. And and I I see it. Like oh, I've, I've talked to pastors who's in that predicament, and I've heard the I've heard the the weightiness in their voice. And it's not that they don't want to, but like you get yourself tied up, and especially if you're a full time pastor. I mean, that's like. You're not trying to get fired. Yeah. And the fact that we can hire and fire pastors, I think that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor who don't want to be fired because <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that's a problem yes. because now men are leading the church. Yeah. And I'm just saying this. I'm not trying to stir up a hornet nest. This is where Jezebel thrives it's at. It's truth. It's where Jezebel thrives. Because men can be manipulated. Yeah. God can't. Yeah. <laughs> God can't be manipulated. And that's why we need him to be the head because he can't, he doesn't bow down to no. any of this garbage that goes on. He don't play with Jezebel. No. We saw how he treated Jezebel. <laughs> um, but, but you know, I, I guess you could say it like this. Your pastors, the elders at your church, the deacons at your church, they're not hirelings. They're not somebody we hire and fire. Like, you know, these are leaders that God's appointed. And if God hasn't appointed them, they shouldn't be there in the first place. And so, yep. Um, yep. you know, this is where David learned a system of honor. Even if Saul was no longer qualified to be there until God removed him, Saul was not touched by David because David said, touch not God's anointed. Yeah. And so when, when the Lord moved him out, that's one thing. But David wasn't about to move him out himself. And even though David had the opportunity, even though David had the opportunity to, to move him out, no. He didn't. And yeah. I think that's where I feel for our pastors and I feel for our leaders in a lot of ways. And that's where I think I have more empathy a little bit on pastors um, because they're in a hard predicament. And is there a level that they put themselves in there? Sure. But it's that religious system that's keeping them bound, too. And yeah. um, and so we've. And honestly, like, I believe there's a lot of people that were put into positions that weren't supposed to be that were never supposed to be there, that weren't the ones that God picked for that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's doing, whoever allowed them, whatever leadership allowed them to do that, or whatever leadership knew that they weren't supposed to be, but they kept their their, their mouth silent. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not only hurting, you know, the church or the wherever it is, but it's hurting that person that really isn't supposed to be there. Because at the end of the day, whenever God moves them out, they're going to have to re, they're going to have to figure out They've been dedicating all this time to something that really was never they were supposed to. That God had something else entirely for them, so they have to kind of like rediscover what God actually created them to do. Sure, sure. You know, and so oh, that's yeah. that's hurting the person because I love what you say. Like we can't get time back. 
Mm-hmm. So we don't want to waste the time trying to be somebody else or do someone else's calling when we could be making use of the time and really be getting to know God's heart through the thing that he created us to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think that prevents another dangerous opportunity for people to be in a position they're really not called in as a stepping stone till they get to the one they want. Yeah. And I think that's just as dangerous too. Like there's a whole lot of things we've done in the culture of the church in America that has hurt the church in a lot of ways. Yeah. More more than anything we treat it as a business. And it's just hard to do that. Um like if we should never treat ministry as just another job or another opportunity. It's for me ministry is not what I'm doing. Ministry is what I'm called to. Yeah. And um like everything I do, everything, this is my heartbeat. And I'm not trying to, I'm just, I can only testify what I'm doing. If I'm cutting the grass, if I'm bush hogging, if I'm cleaning a toilet on Saturday night or Sunday morning, if I'm vacuuming, it's never because I feel like, well, it's, well sometimes, sometimes the enemy will tempt me and say, well, it's my job. But I want to have the attitude that I'm doing this because somehow, some way, this is going to glorify God and this is going to give an opportunity for people to meet Jesus. Like, that's yeah. what I want to, like, Everything I do, I want to do for the glory of God and that people would know Jesus more or people would know Jesus. Um, and so maybe one day somebody's going to come out here and say, look how beautiful the lake is. And then it's going to open up a door to tell how Jesus, good Jesus is. And they're going to get saved all because somebody took care of the lake. You yeah. know, it's like you just never know. Like, it's not a job. It's not a, it's not a career. Like, and pastors treat it as a career. It's a, it's a building career. I mean... When when God had me over at Hilltop, I mean, I had no ambition to go anywhere else. When I'm here, I have no ambition. Like, I'm not waiting for the next thing or I'm not waiting for the next big thing. Like, I'm here. I'm planted. I'm rooted. I'm going to be here until either I retire or God takes me out or, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't plan to go anywhere. Yeah. Like, it's not a stepping stone. And like you said, time's way too short and I can never get it back. So why would I waste time at somewhere I don't feel like God's called me to? Yeah. Because you're really just always going to feel frustrated. Yeah, you are. Um, and even when you feel like, when even even when you know God's called you somewhere, you're going to feel frustrated at times. But I like what Miss Gretchen says. I think um, she says in a way, she don't believe in burnout. Mm. She don't believe in burnout. And I tend to agree because if you're doing what God's called you to do, you really won't burn out. Yeah. You won't. You will. You may be tired. You may get frustrated. You may get exhausted at times. But to be burned out and want to quit, that don't happen. That yeah. happens when you have a job. That's yep. it. Like that's when that's that happens when you're just trying to fulfill a career. And there was a statistic. There was a study um, not too long ago done, and they they asked pastors if you could do something else, would you? And like half the pastors interview said yes. I just don't have another career I can go to. That's sad. And I think that's the problem. I think that's a major problem is we've treated this thing, pastoring, leading, nothing more than a job. And, like, that's pastor. I'm talking to pastors. I'm not talking to anybody else. Like, um, if if you leading the church is a job and not a calling, you need to retire. You need to get out. Like, I'm just I'm, – I'm, there's no other <laughs> no, way. I'm, I'm just, yeah. just going to try to be as frank as I possibly can. I don't mince words. I don't apologize. You need to you need you need to get out. You need to find somebody to actually take the church that's called to it, that has the heart for it, um, because it's unfair to the body, and it's unfair to yourself too to do something God's not called you to do. You're right. Yeah. 
and I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to be judgmental and I'm not trying to say I got it all together or I know other pastors have all together. But this thing ain't a career. No. This thing ain't a paycheck. It's it's for the glory of God. Now, was Paul taken care of? Sure. Peter taken yeah, they were taken care of. Like God blessed them. Um, a workman's worth his the wage thing. But at the end of the day, like I don't know, I, I just I see it. I mean, I've I've been partially to Bible school, never to seminary. And I didn't finish Bible school. But a lot of what I was even learning there, it was like, is a career, is a job, it's this, it's this. And I don't know, like, to me, leading people and loving Jesus and getting people to love Jesus more is not my job. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know how we got there, but I think it's, no, but it's somebody, good. It's somebody needed to hear it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <clears throat> well, I apologize about Brother George. Um, Every time. And I, it's, I don't think it's his fault. I don't think it's our fault. I, just, I think the enemy hates it. Um, and I have some... It, up, I, it doesn't really happen with anybody else. Not, nobody else. We've had we've had occasional issues with some... But it always got... Resolved. Pretty yeah. quickly. And we even, we even have two numbers for Brother George. Uh, and it just... I don't know. The enemy must hate it. Well, we're um, getting him on here. Um, he'll be back on soon enough. We'll get it figured out. If we have to put a tin can and a string from us to Israel, we'll do it. Uh, <laughs> or if we just take box two to Israel. <laughs> that's right. Hannah will volunteer to take her. Yeah, I will <laughs> I gladly volunteer. Her and Ethan will take the. We will lead the entire. We won't. We will do it. We will just. You'll take your cell phone over there for him to talk on, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's dedication. That's commitment right there. I love the resolve. Uh, you'll get on the rocket ship and you'll go over there. Correct. <laughs> Um, um, I don't know if you want to go over there right now, but, um, but it is, I don't know. It's, it's, it's still good morning. And I feel like what the Lord has brought out, um, people needed to hear and I need to hear, like, I need to remind myself sometimes this, because yeah, I'll too. be honest with you. I mean, sometimes I get in the groove and I get frustrated and I get overwhelmed and I'm working my tail off and that hint of frustration will come up and I got to remind myself, Aaron, this is not your job. This is your calling. Yeah. rejoice in the fact that God has given you the honor and the privilege to do this. Yeah. I mean, even what we do every single morning, like I remember what it was like up to wake up early in the morning, get in the bread truck and go put bread on the shelf. <laughs> and I, I didn't mind it. I actually liked the job. It didn't bother me a bit, but the fact that we get to wake up every single morning and talk to you, wonderful people out there and conver- conversate about the things of the Lord and, get to sit in here and cry with Lance yesterday and get to hear these great men of God and women of God preaching and teaching and leading and um, going to be able to talk to Senator Meredith about DCBS office and all that's going on. And uh, Megan Fortner coming in Friday. Like, I mean, like this is a blessing. Like yeah. we get to do this. And so I think it's an incredible opportunity. And um, I just don't want us to take, I don't want to take it for granted what God's called us to do, but backtracking a little bit too is if God's calling you to something, I don't want you to take for granted that God's always going to be patient. Yeah. The train can pass you by soon. Stop hiding your talent in the field. If God's called you to do something, do it. Whether that's being a doctor, lawyer, whether that's flipping burgers at Walmart, McDonald's, or hosting a Christian radio show. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, God can call you to a lot of things, and obedience is greater than sacrifice. Yeah. And my prayer is that no one will hide that and then have regret towards the end of their life and look back and think, wow, like I could have, I could have used what God get, mm-hmm. gave me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, John Piper says it like this: Don't spend your life collecting seashells. Don't don't spend your life collecting seashells when you could have been basically changing the world. Like, and um, I'll always love that. Let's see here. Let's see. Brother George said, just sent a video by Telegram. (laughs) 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 What's happening on my end? Calling either number. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Telegram. Do they even have telegrams anymore? I don't know. Hayden's like, I don't even know what a telegram is. <laughs> I remember learning about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Pony Express. It's coming by Pony Express. All right. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here for this morning. We love you guys so much. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time. Mr. Swift and Jamie will be on with us then. All right. Love you guys. Be blessed. The Milky Way Galaxy. And God calls them each by name. He knows your name, too.